Today we're looking in the 142nd division of the psalm. Psalm 142, and uh, we're just going to read verse number 4 to get us started this morning. It's a psalm of David, and David cries out in anguish, and he says, I look for someone to come and help me, but no one gives me a passing thought. No one will help me. No one cares a bit what happens to me. Father, I just pray today that you will add your anointing to the message and the messenger today. God, give us ears to hear the word of the Lord this morning. But God, I pray that we will not only be hearers, but Lord, we will make application and put in practice practically what we receive today. We ask all of these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, today we continue the series that we began last Sunday. Now, this series is actually a question, and the question is, who cares? Does anybody care? In our scripture for today, David says, he says, says, I've looked around. He says, I've literally searched. I've searched for a shoulder to cry on, a hand to grasp, an encouraging word to lift my spirits. But no, no, David said, no one seems to care about me. No one seems to be concerned or even be aware of my situation. Who cares, David asked. Well, part one of the answer to this question is we answered last week. Who cares, you ask? And the answer is he does. He does. Jesus cares. By the way, if you were not here for that message, I urge you to go online. I urge you to listen to it because it was a very powerful message. And I believe that someone here this morning needs to hear the message of last Sunday. So go online and listen to it. Who cares is the question we are trying to answer. And the the second part of the answer to this question is, we do. We do. See, our vision statement here at the Grace Place is caring people, caring for people. See, See, my number one goal is to create an atmosphere of caring. See, caring is the number one key ingredient in our DNA. Let me also remind you that we care for people at the Grace Place in two ways. First of all, we care by providing care for all of our people. And number two, by partnering with caring ministries around the world. See, we are intentional about caring. We care on purpose. See, everything we do or everything that we don't do must pass the test of this question. And the question is, does this help us care for our people? There's a lot of things we could be involved in. There's a lot of things that are good things, but, 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 it, but the things that we do or do not do here at the Grace Place must pass the test of the question, will this help us care for people? So if it doesn't help us care for people, even though it might be a good thing, we're going to let some other church do that. Well, let me share three reasons with you today why we care so much. Pastor, why is caring people, caring for people, the vision statement of the church? Pastor, why do you talk about caring literally every Sunday? Pastor, Pastor, why should we care so much? 
three reasons. The first one is, number one, we care because we've been cared for. Why should we care so much? Listen, listen, we should care so much. We should be motivated to care by gratitude. We should care because we've been cared for. First of all, let me suggest we've been cared for by the Savior. Psalm 111 verse number 4 says, The Lord is gracious and he is full of compassion. 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 19 says, We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. Let me ask you this question this morning. How, how do you envision God? How do you, how, how do you see God? Do you see him as a bully? Do you see him as a drill sergeant barking out orders? Do you see him as an uncompassionate judge that that can't wait to dole out all your punishment for all of your evil deeds? Or do you see him as loving and kind? Do you see him as compassionate and caring? Oh, oh, can you see him as the one who created you in order to have a relationship with you? Can you see him as one who loved you when you were unlovable? Can you see him as one who loved you enough to take your punishment for your sins that you committed? Can you see him as one who cared enough for you that that he transformed himself into your likeness and God became man? Who cares, you ask? We do. We do. Why do we care? We care because we've been cared for. We've been cared for by the Savior. Those of us who are saved have experienced, oh, we have experienced the care of our Savior. Listen, I would say this morning that no one can match the care of our Savior. No one will ever go to the lengths that Jesus went to in order to prove how much he cared. As the chorus we sang earlier, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Who cares? We do. We care because we've been cared for. First of all, by the Savior, and second, by the saints. Philippians 4 and 10, Paul writes, he says, he says to the Philippian church, he says, your care for me is flourishing. In verse number 14, he writes, and he says, you have shared with me in my distress. And in verse number 16, he writes, and he says, in Thessalonica, you sent aid to me twice. See, Paul was in prison at this particular time for preaching the gospel, but, but even though Paul was in prison, he wasn't forgotten. No, no, no. No, the saints from the Philippian church sent him care packages. Some visited him. They prayed for him. Ah, why do we care? Why do we care? Because we have been cared for by the saints. 
This past 10 months has been rather difficult for me. First, my oldest brother died unexpectedly. He was only 67 years old, and that seems very young to me nowadays for some reason. That was just this past November. In January, my father died. And just six months later, my mama died, and I was a mama's boy. I lost three of my immediate family members in eight months. But the support I received from the saints was phenomenal. My wife, first and foremost, my kids, yes, absolutely. But, oh, oh let me tell you about the cards and the texts and, and, and the Facebook posts that were literally off the charts. Church members and former church members and pastor friends drove literally hundreds of miles in order to support me at all three of these memorial services. My wonderful board reached out to me and said to me, Pastor, Pastor, take some time off. Pastor, you've been through a lot and you haven't taken any extra time. Pastor, feel free to take some extra time. Oh, if I had the time this morning, no doubt, each and every one of you could tell your story of the love and the support and the care that you received from the saints at a time when you needed it most. Why do we care? Why do we care? Because we have been cared for. We have been cared for by the Savior, and we have been cared for by the saints. Why do we care so much? Why is caring the number one ingredient in our DNA at the Grace Place? I would, I would submit the answer to that. Number two is we care. We care because we've been commissioned to. We've been commissioned to. In John chapter 20 and verse 21, Jesus said, As my Father has sent me, Jesus said, So I am sending you. Because God the Father cared for us, he sent his son. Because Jesus cares so much, he sends us. We should care like Jesus cared. And we should care for the people Jesus cared for. Let me suggest, first of all, we should care for the poor. Proverbs 14 and 31 says, helping the poor... Honors the Lord. Proverbs 19 and 17 says, If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord and he will repay you. Luke chapter 14 and verse 13, Jesus said, Go after the poor, go after the handicapped, go after the blind, go after the lame. And Jesus said, If you do that, Jesus said, You will be blessed. Jesus commissioned us to care. For the poor. Pastor Tommy Barnett, who built a great, great mega church in Phoenix, Arizona, Tommy Barnett used to tell pastors at his pastor schools, he would tell the pastors, he would say, Go after the poor, and if you'll go after the poor, Tommy Barnett said, God will send you a millionaire to pay the bill. James chapter 2, verse 1 through 9 says, Verse 1 says, A warning against prejudice. My dear brothers and sisters, 
How can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? James says, for example, he says, suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry. And another one comes in who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes. And you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person. But you say to the poor one, you can stand over there. Or you can sit on the floor. Well, James writes, doesn't this discrimination show you that your judgments are guided by evil motives? He goes on to write, he says, listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you dishonor the poor. Isn't it the rich who oppress you and drag you into court? Aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? Yes, indeed, James writes, it is good when you obey the royal law as found in the Scriptures, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. See, in the family of God, there shouldn't be any big eyes or little use. One should not be favored over another because of their social status or skin color. Unconditional love and acceptance is the only acceptable standard. And prejudice, whether by skin color or social standing, is sin. Why do we care so much? Why do we care so much? Because because we have been commissioned to. We've been commissioned to care for the poor. And we've also been commissioned to care for the people who can't care for themselves. James 1 and 27 says, Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means, means caring for orphans and true biblical widows. Let me first answer the question of what a true biblical widow is. Because people misquote and say, you know, the Bible says we're supposed to take care of the widows. The Bible says we're supposed to take care of true biblical widows. So let me answer the question of what a true biblical widow is. First of all, it's a widow who has no living children to care for them. You're not a Bible widow. You're not a church Uh, to take care of you, widow, if you've got children that can take care of you. What is a true biblical widow? First of all, it's a widow who has no living children to help her. Second of all, she must be over 60 years old. Thirdly, she must be a woman that's only been married once. Next requirement is she must be a widow who has served the church well in her life. And finally, she must be a widow, a woman who is not a gossip. James said that the church should step up and help widows who meet this criteria. You say, Pastor, where do you get that? Do you just make that up? No. These requirements can be found in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9 through 16. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9 through 16. 
But not only should the church care for the true biblical widow, but James also said that the church should care for the orphan. We don't hear this. We never hear this. But it's the responsibility of the church. See, the state, the state should not be caring for the orphans. The church should be. See, see, let the state build roads and bridges and enforce the law. And let the church take care of people because, because we, the church, we are in the people business. We care because, because we have been commissioned to. We have been given the task of caring for the people who cannot care for themselves. People like orphans. Orphans, babies, and children who have been abandoned by their parents or they've been taken away from their parents because of abuse or because of addiction or some other valid reason. And these little ones are helpless and they're vulnerable and they're easy targets for the devil and his entourage. Staggering statistic that I heard a few years ago when we began to hear more about orphans. That is the state... The state determines the number of prison beds. How do they do that? How do they know how many, how many prisons to build, how many cells, how many, how many? How do they know? Here's how they know. The state determines the number of prison beds based on the number of foster kids reaching their 18th birthday and phasing out of the foster care system. See, Satan's DNA is to steal, it's to kill, and it's to destroy. And he always attacks the weak. And so he works overtime with the orphan. These little, these innocent little ones need, need somebody to step up and offer them help, someone to step up and offer them hope and healing. I will tell you that at the Grace Place, we're stepping up. We're stepping up. We're not just trying to have church better than everybody else is having church so all the church people come to our church. That's not what we're all about. We're about caring people, caring for people. We're about caring for the poor and we're about caring for the people who cannot care for themselves. We're all about meeting needs and joining and partnering with caring ministries around Grace Place, we are partnering with a caring ministry called Family First. And you're going to hear all about this a week from this coming Sunday. Don't you dare stay home on that Sunday. I'm going to really look around on Sunday and see who's here. You're going to hear all about this a week from this coming Sunday on October the 14th. We're calling this day Stand Sunday. We're going to invite you to stand with the orphans. And we're going to offer you an opportunity for the church to be the church. More to come next Sunday. Who cares? Who, who, who cares? Does anybody, does anybody care? Yes, he cares. But not only does he care, but we care. We care. We care because we've been cared for. We care because we've been commissioned to. And number three, I would say this this morning, we care because Jesus has captured our heart. Matthew 11 and 29, Jesus said, let me teach you because I am gentle 
at heart. And then he says in Matthew 15 and verse 8, he says, he said, these people honor me with their lips, he said, but their hearts are far from me. I asked you this morning, which is it? Which is it? Have you allowed Jesus to capture your heart or is your heart nothing like the heart of Jesus? I would tell you this morning very boldly, but I would tell you this morning that if you don't have the heart of Jesus, I doubt your salvation. Let me ask you this morning, are, all, are you all about the rules and the regulations or have you developed a relationship with Jesus? See, here's what I've discovered, and that is only those who have captured the heart of Jesus truly care. See, see, man's heart is evil. Man's heart is selfish. Man's heart is defiled. How do I know that? Jeremiah says that. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. He says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. It is desperately wicked, and who really knows how bad it is? Pretty easy to see how bad it is if you know what's going on around us right now, right? What's happening in our world right now? That's the bad news. But the good news is, yes, there is good news. And the good news is found in Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26. God says, I will give you a new heart. And I will put in you a new spirit. And I will take out of you your stony, stubborn heart. And I will give you a tender heart responsive heart. When I read that, it sounds to me like some of us need a heart transplant. Some of us need God to take out our selfish heart and replace it with a heart like Jesus. Let me suggest two things about the heart of Jesus. First of all, Jesus had a heart of compassion. Psalm 111, verse number 4 says, How gracious and how merciful is our Lord. And in Mark chapter 1, verse 40 through 42, the Bible said a man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged Jesus to heal him. And the Bible says that Jesus was moved with compassion and reached out his hand and touched him and said to him, Be healed. And immediately he was cleansed. See, we need to understand that leprosy was a, was a hideous, hideous disease, and it was highly, highly contagious. And what we need to understand was that in that time, lepers were supposed to stay away from people. They were supposed, if they were ever to see somebody, they were supposed to yell out, unclean, 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 I'm unclean. Anytime they saw anybody coming close to them, they had to yell out, unclean. They were outcasts. They were rejected. They were shunned. They were quarantined. They were separated. They were separated by, by, from society. But Jesus, say, but Jesus. Oh, oh, but Jesus. Oh, Jesus was moved with compassion. And his compassion drove him to get involved. No one wanted to be anywhere near the leper. They would run to stay away from these hideous disease lest they were to catch it and themselves become leprous. But, 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 oh, listen to me. This morning Jesus was drawn to the people everyone else discarded. 
The people nobody else wanted was the people Jesus wanted. Jesus, not only did he give this man the time of day, the Bible said Jesus had so much compassion that Jesus literally reached out and touched this leper. Touched him. Who would do that? Only someone with a heart of compassion. Hear me this morning, when you have a heart of compassion, you can't just sit by and ignore the hurt and the needs and the desperate cries that are around you. Hear me this morning, if you have a heart like Jesus, you will be drawn to the people he is drawn to. Not only did Jesus have a heart of compassion, but Jesus had a heart of compulsion. John chapter 8, verses 28 and 29, Jesus said, I do nothing of myself. I only do those things my Father sent me to do. I only do those things that please Him. Sounds like Jesus must be listening to pastor's teaching. Sounds to me like Jesus knew the difference between doing things right and doing right things. Because I only do those things my Father sent me to do. Do you think there were a lot of people pulling on Jesus to do this and that and something else? Absolutely. But Jesus said, I don't do everything. Jesus said, I, I, I do nothing of myself. He said, I only do those things my Father sent me to do. I only do those things that please Him. In John 9 and 4, Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me. What works is he going to do? Is he going to do what he wants to do? Is he going to do what everybody around him wants him to do? Is that what Jesus is going to do? No, no. Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me. While it is day, the night is coming when no man can work. Hear me this morning. Hear me. Oh, the heart of compassion that Jesus had together with his commission compelled him to work with all of his might to accomplish the task his father assigned to him. Why do we care so much? Because Jesus has captured our heart. We have his heart, and his heart is a heart of compassion, and his heart is a heart of compulsion. Who cares? Who cares, you ask? And the answer is we do. We do. We care for people. We care for all people, regardless of social status or skin color. Hear me this morning. At the Grace Place, we care for the rich and we care for the poor. We care for the people who cannot care for themselves. This is the grace place where caring people care for people. All people, rich, poor, those that have and those that don't have. We care for people who cannot care for themselves. The takeaway for the message today is people who have been cared for know better how to care. People who have been cared for know better how to care. Father, I just pray that you'll take your word this morning. Lord, not the sermon that has been put together, but the, but the true word of God that has gone forth today through this sermon. Oh God, I pray, Lord, every need in this house met today and you'll help us 
to meet needs. Flow through us, Lord. We are your hands. We are your voice. We are your feet. Help us today.